Jesus, just speak your words through me. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open for your word, for your truth. That it would be like rivers coming out from the inside. God, what you've put in me would be like a river rushing forth in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for that. Thank you, Robin Millie, for that. Um, it's really awesome. We love what we get to do. I take it as an honor and a privilege every day that I get to give my life um, for this house and for these people. So it's honestly, it's an honor to serve and love every single one of you. Yay. All right. I used to be a burden, seriously, and now I, it's an honor. That's how God changes our heart because sometimes we feel like ministry or serving is a burden but when you get God's heart for a people, it becomes a pleasure. It becomes an honor. So um, I want to talk about, I kind of want to go along the lines of what Pastor Zach has been sharing. Who has enjoyed the last three weeks? I told my husband, and I can say this because he's my husband, but it's also the truth. I think last Sunday's sermon was probably the most that was the most powerful message I've ever heard in my entire life about actually the last three weeks about what it looks like to really be like Jesus has it's literally the last three weeks have literally impacted my heart so much. Um, and so he said something, he said something last week. He said, control is a counterfeit authority that's rooted in fear and insecurity. And oh my gosh, has that been sitting with me? See, sometimes we come, we come to church and we're listening to message about spiritual authority. And so we project that on everybody else in our life that we see has authority over us instead of really taking it and say, I have a sphere of authority no matter where I go and receiving this message for ourselves of what it looks like to have authority. Now I believe with all my heart that the message that pastor Zach has been bringing about spiritual authority does does um, pertain to the leadership in our lives and people that we look up to, that this is how they should live. But I think it also needs to pertain to us because I have authority over different areas in, in my life, just like you do. If you're a mom or you're a dad or you're a sister or you're a son, you have a spiritual authority at your workplace, in your home. So if you take those principles to heart, you, they, they need to be a part of who you are. Amen? It's not just for our leaders. It's also for ourselves. So um, one thing I just really wanted to talk about this morning is I wanted to talk about the word fear. You know, yesterday was Halloween and however, whatever your perceptions are about the holiday. Um, I don't believe in celebrating fear. Because everything that has to do with fear is opposite of who Jesus is. There is no fear in him. So there's different things that we can do in our life. We can walk in faith. We can walk in love. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in all these things. But if there's ever fear, it's not Jesus. We're not walking in him. Um, so I want to talk about fear this morning. How do we know if we're living in fear? How do I know if I'm doing something out of fear? 
Because sometimes we can be in fear and we have no idea that that's what we're doing. There's so many times I look back in life and I've made decisions out of fear and I really thought I was having, making decisions out of faith or wisdom because sometimes we say it's wisdom but it's really masked in fear because we don't have a revelation of what wisdom really is. Because if wisdom is true wisdom, then it's from heaven. It, it's perceived from heaven and it has revelation on it. And it has, the, it has future and hope on it. Hi, Bubba. <laughs> um, it has future on it. If it's, if it's really wisdom, it's got the wind of heaven, right? So if, if wisdom has the wind of heaven, we can't, we can't mask it as fear. Fear tells me what's temporary, what's momentary, what's the now. But heaven says this is what it will look like. That's how you can tell the difference. Is their faith on it? Um, so I want to talk about I want to talk about fear, and I'm going to go to Matthew, and um, we have it up here, right? Okay. I forgot what chapter it was. Matthew 25. Okay, we're going to start in. Um, I'm going to pull this back. Um, we're going to start in verse 14. Okay, awesome. All right, I'm going to read from here. You guys can follow along up there. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another he gave two bags, and to another one he gave one bag, each according to his ability. See, sometimes we look at life and we think that things aren't fair. How many have said, this isn't fair? Um, All the time. This isn't fair. Um, If you have children, you hear it all the time. Okay. Well, Jesus is telling a story that's showing that even in the kingdom, things don't look fair because people are giving, given gifts according to their ability. And the way that I see that is according to their heart and to what Jesus can perceive their heart can steward. That's what the gifts will be given to. So it's really all about the position of your heart is what gifts you're going to get. Does that make sense? Okay, let's keep going. Just a little side note. Um, The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So he doubled it. So also the other one with two bags of gold gained two bags more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. I think there was a reason he only got one bag. See, it just shows, it just all shows about the heart. Okay, verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. See, sometimes it's not just about stewarding what we have so that we can actually steward what we have, but we have to steward what we have so that God can actually give us what he really wants to give us. Sometimes when we look at things like, this is all I have right now, I'm going to steward this thing, we don't see the bigger picture of the wisdom of heaven. That's how we know we're living in fear. If is I just do I just hoard this little thing? Do I just keep this little thing to myself? Do I hide this little thing? Um, is this little thing that God has given me all that I'm focusing on carrying it? Or am I going to keep putting more into it, putting more into it, putting more into it? Because God's called me to p- take care of that thing because what he really has for me, what he really has for me 
is way bigger than that small thing. Okay, 22. Then the man with two bags said, Master, you've entrusted me with two bags. You have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you that I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. See, when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of he, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. See, sometimes we get jealous of the one who has ten talents. What we don't realize is because we didn't steward the one that God gave us. God gives it to somebody who's going to steward it. Forever has will be given more. They will have abundance. Isn't that funny? Whoever has is going to have more. So they have abundance. It doesn't work out with our socialistic mindset that if you have more, you should give it to somebody who doesn't. But the scripture says if you have more, you're going to get more because you know how to steward what you actually have. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and thrown um, and thrown that worthless servant outside into darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so I want to point out in verse 25, he says, I was afraid. I was afraid, so I hid it. I was afraid. We have been given such treasure in our life, and it's our job to see, God, what do you want me to do with this? I will not waste it, hoarding, hiding, being afraid. I will not spend my life captivated and and, um, literally imprisoned by fear of what might happen. So I see this, this dynamic of that we're either living in fear or we're living in faithfulness. We can't live in both. We can't have fear and be faithful. If we have fear, we're going to be called a wicked, lazy servant. But faithfulness, faithfulness is rewarded over and over and over and over again. And when we know that we're not in fear, we, faithfulness lo- looks like love, looks like faith, looks like fruit. There is none of that stuff in fear. I see two ways where we can make sure that we're living this life that's full of um, faith and not fear. The first thing is to trust other people. Chris Valentin has this saying, and I, I love this saying. He says, the only way to stay out of deception is to trust someone more than you trust yourself. Because when you're in deception, you don't know that you're in deception, so that you have to have somebody else in your life to tell you, look, dude, you need to just, like, snap out of it. Um, see, sometimes I see, like, we have this, um, we have this, this thing in our life where it's just like me and mine, you know, just me and mine. We got this, we're going to do this. And we don't let anybody into this little thing. That's just me and mine. And it's so opposite of the inclusive heart of God. 
you know, the heart of God is so inclusive. It's so, it captures every single person and brings them in their heart. And we, as the church, we have just like rejected and put people so on the outside that we don't really allow any other influences or any other voices to come in and speak light in life to us. Um, I remember there was this um, one time, um, it was in 2005, or it was before that because I hadn't had Hannah yet. So before my third child, I have to count in my head because I have so many. Um, and I remember I was having these um, severe, like, panic attacks. I thought my heart, I literally thought I was having heart attacks. I was in my early 20s. And like I was, something was wrong with me. I was working. So I would literally have to pull over on the side of the road because I couldn't breathe. My heart was like just clenching and I thought I was having a heart attack. And I remember, um, I remember I would have to call my husband and say, okay, you have to come and get me because I can't even drive home. I'd pull over on the side of the road. And this happened for like months and months and months. And I, and I didn't know what was wrong with my heart. And so I said, I need to go see a doctor. So at the time we were going to a church where the piano player, she was a doctor. So we went and we saw her and she ran all these tests and I had to wear a heart monitor and all of this stuff. And, and it was just, it just didn't stop. And I remember um, we went back in and we turned our heart monitor in and, and she checked everything and she's like, okay, I want to come see you because I want to diagnose you. So me and Zach went and, um, and she started telling me that she's like, I, you know, I think you have an anxiety disorder. Um, and the root of it's depression, and you need to take some medication, and you need to change some things in your life. And, and I immediately, my, just the tears just started to come down my face. I struggled with depression in high school, and I never took medication. I never, any, uh, I didn't um, have anybody diagnose it, but I remember struggling with it in high school. And I come from a family where a lot of the women have struggled with depression or anxiety disorders. <clears throat> and so... I just remember sitting in the doctor's office and just tears were just coming down my face because I don't have, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Why is the doctor telling me this? And so um, she wanted to put me on medication, and um, and I'm not against that. If, if that's something that somebody needs, I'm not against it at all. But we prayed, my husband and I. And in that moment, I just, I didn't have any answers. I was so afraid. I was so afraid. I was so afraid that I was going to um, never, like, do anything or have hope. Or I've seen what, what depression's done to, to people in my family. And I was the fear just that gripped me in that moment. And we went and we talked and we prayed. And I even, I called my sister um, because I know she had struggled with it before. And she gave me a couple of scripture verses. And, and um, you know, she's like, just just meditate on this. And, and it was really awesome. And and then I talked to my husband, and, and I remember just that feeling of, of um, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't have the answers. I couldn't, I couldn't pull up inside of me, what, what was I going to do about this situation? And so we prayed, and we talked, and, and, and we worked some stuff out in our life, and we changed some things in our life. But that was a moment I had to trust other people. I had to. I had to get the counsel from other people in my life to say, okay, Rochelle, look at this situation. This isn't super healthy. Or look at this, and, and maybe you can adjust some things here. And look at, you know, um, maybe you should just kind of 
really focus on, on yourself for a little while and focus on your health and focus on who you are. And I had these people in my life telling me these things because I couldn't, I couldn't see it myself. I couldn't see hope myself. I couldn't see the end by myself. I had to have somebody walk me through this. I had to trust other people. I had to trust my husband. I had to trust my sister. I had to just trust people in my life that said, let's just walk through this and see what it looks like. I can tell you that today, even though there's little times in my life where I feel anxiety or I feel different things, I've never struggled with um, panic attacks or depression like I did back then. I haven't since. Just learning to trust people. Learning to trust what they speak in my life. Something about living in community, and I love that Robin Millie shared that. But when you live in community, it really does change you. It so helps who you are, but it also exposes some things. You know, there's some things um, that I that I keep private because they're my things. It's I like them. They're mine. I don't tell people. I don't share everything with everybody. You know, I always tell my husband I'm not going to. I try not to share everything because sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble because I just like, if, if everybody knew everything, how I felt about everything, you guys might not like me anymore. But, um, <laughs> um, but living in community helps us so much because we learn to really embrace other people. We learn to embrace other opinions, but also exposes stuff inside of us. Living in community can really expose expose some needs, expose some things that we need. Some It exposes um, places where we're living in fear. We're not trusting people. We're not really living the full life that we're supposed to. Sometimes when we don't trust other people, we literally get robbed by fear. We get robbed. You know, um, the Bible says in the multitude of counsels, there's, there is safety. That in the multitude of counsel, which means in lots and lots of people that can speak and pour into your life, there's a safe place. There's a safe place. I like, um, I like for, you know, for Pastor Zach and I, when we talk about like vision and direction where we're going in the church and, and we have fathers and mentors and those fathers and mentors look very different from each other, but they each have the heart of God. Because we want different perspective. We want different opinion. We want it to vary. I want to ask somebody something, and I want to ask a different kind of person with a different kind of life the same thing and see what happens. Because I want different opinions to speak into my life. The second thing that I feel like we need to do to really make sure that we're not walking in fear is to really trust the Lord. We have to trust people. We have to trust the Lord. We have to trust what God has done before us and what he's done in us. Um, I remember I went, um, we had like six or seven years in a row where I taught this ladies Bible study. And some ladies that are here were still a part of that. That was like 
six or seven years before we even planted the church. So I'm talking like this is years and years ago. Every single Thursday morning, I would teach a Bible study. We changed locations. We changed books. We changed topics. But I would lead this ladies' Bible study of the same three to ten ladies over like six years. And I remember, you know, life kind of goes fast. And um, when you have lots of kids and lots of things you do and you work or you do other things, you know, life can get by fast. And Wednesday night, late at night or Thursday morning would roll around. And I'm like, I haven't prayed. I haven't like, I haven't read my Bible. I know some of you Christians are judging me really hard right now. Like, um, Jesus, do you still love me? Cause we haven't spoken in like five days and I'm supposed to teach these ladies and pretend like I have it all together and I have a word and I don't have anything. And literally this was like, I I don't even remember how many times that this happened more times than should have since I knew I was doing this Bible study every single Thursday. I don't do that now. Um, but I just remember like there was I how many times, I don't know. My husband could tell you how many times we would just be like, I would just be like, I don't have anything <laughs> or like my, I'm yelling at my kids or nobody's listening or somebody has mismatched socks on because I can't find any. I mean, this happens all the time. Okay. In my life. I know you guys have just the perfect moms and stuff that doesn't ever happen to you, but to me all the time, still to this day, all the time. Um, so I just remember like pulling up, we would pull up, we used to have, um, for a while we had it at Saxby's. I remember pulling up to the coffee shop 15 minutes late, still sitting in my car and now I'm crying because I'm not just late, but I'm unprepared and not ready. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I just remember the, the, uh, my husband just saying, honey, he's faithful. He's faithful even when you're not. He's faithful even when you don't do what you're supposed to do and you know what you're supposed to do and next week you need to do it, but he's faithful. I like when Jesus talks to us like that. I, I'm still, I love you, Rochelle, but next time, wait till like Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning to do this breakdown so we can have some time before you're supposed to minister to these ladies. But I just... I just remember those times where I, he was faithful when I'm not. And even when I mess up or I fall down, I feed on his faithfulness. There was this other time, and I'm, I'm sure most of you know this story, but I'm going to share it again. But um, we, we used to have this Tuesday night prayer meeting. And yeah, I know that we're like a super Holy Ghost, Pentecostal kind of church, but that's not really who I am, like, inside. All of you make me super uncomfortable. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just literally just kind of being honest. Like, we have, we had a prayer, a prayer tunnel during Love Explosion, and I looked at somebody, I was like, this is out of control. See, some of you guys love that. The, the control freak on the inside of me is like, what is happening? So we used to have these Tuesday night, like, Holy Ghost prayer meetings. Everybody's on their face crying and all the time. And just, but it, God's, like, slaying everybody in the spirit. And I'm literally just like, Jesus, thank you. 
if I have one little tear, it's like, yeah, God. You know, like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is super sweet to me because he knows I can't handle a lot more than that. Like, I'm like, Jesus, just be super sweet to me, okay? Hit them with fire, but I just want the sweetness of your presence. I'm, I'm kind of kidding because God has really hit me with some fire sometimes. And every once in a while I'll get this little thing where, like, I'm just like, I, like I just can't hold it, but I'm, like, shaking a little bit on the inside, like a little bit of chickens. I don't admit it. But on the inside sometimes, can't control it. So there was this one Tuesday night, and I was just like, like, everybody's crying, and everybody's just like on their face, and I'm just like, I do not even feel you, God. Can this be over yet? These people, how long can you pray? It would, seriously, like seriously. Like, I cannot handle anything longer than a 15-minute prayer meeting. Because if after 15 minutes, there is so much laundry I could do right now, and you guys are freaking praying. Seri- I'm serious. So there was this Tuesday night, and I'm, like, sitting on the couch. We were in this, um, we were in this old house on, um, what's that, Major Street? Like, you know, in, like, the Henderson hood, which can't even really be equivalented with the hood, but it's kind of the hood, so it's, like, the Henderson hood. Um, And so we're sitting on this couch, and everybody's crying, everybody's on the face, and it's, like, two hours later, and I'm just like, okay, God, thank you that it's over, Jesus. Didn't feel you, couldn't experience you, but I'm, it's gone. Let's go home, okay? And on the way home, um, on the way home, Zach's like, wasn't that so powerful? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm just not really okay. Cause I really just didn't feel God at all. And he's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. And so we started talking and I'm just like, I, and I start e- explaining myself because sometimes I feel like I have to justify myself all the time to the Lord and to myself. Like I have to just have this conversation. Okay, this is why this happened. This is why I didn't feel you. So this is what I need to do next time. And everything has to be a formula sometimes in my head. I have a hard time just being and not thinking it through. And so I had this formula and I'm like, I'm like, I think it's just because I really needed to spend a lot more time with the Lord throughout the week before Tuesday Bible study, because maybe then he'll speak to me and I'll experience him and I'll feel him more. And, and Zach's like, Rochelle, stop. He's faithful, even when you're not. You're not Martha. Stop trying to cook in the kitchen. You're Mary. Just sit at his feet. Just know who you are. Just trust him. Just believe what he's done. Trust him. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think, was it that night that, okay. So that night, he puts on this Amber Burke song. I love Amber Burke's. And she starts talking about, stir the stagnant waters of my heart, God. And it just, like, I don't know what happened in my car, but I I couldn't barely drive home, but I was driving. Little side note, my husband, I'm on Facebook driving. He's like, Rochelle, you have, like, four little dents on your car. And I'm like, yeah, but none of them happened while I was on Facebook. He's like, that is even worse. Anyways. 
so like I'm driving my car. I probably shouldn't be driving um, because it's just like God was just like messing me up in that moment. I was just like tears just falling, just falling because I was like, God, I don't want to be stagnant. But I trust you. I trust you. And he's like, just sit at my feet. Just sit at my feet. And um, Steph and Dan were coming over that night. And um, they they had the friendlies. They had to get friendlies that time. If you haven't had friendlies, uh, friendly donuts at nighttime when they're fresh, just go get saved when you have one because it's just the glory. I know it's terrible. I know it's terrible. I shouldn't eat like that. It's terrible. So good, though. So it was their turn to get friendlies, and we were going to our house, and and they met us there, and it was almost like this um, this heaven just opened over the driver's seat of my car, and it was like this portal of heaven. And I know, like I just said, I don't like weird things. I'm talking about weird things, but whatever. But it was like these angels were just like coming down from heaven and just like, here you go, you want some? There you go. And I couldn't even barely make it in my house. I think I sat in my car for like 20 more minutes. So then Steph gets in the car with me because, you know, if you know Stephanie, she just wants more of everything. She'll just like, I want it too. So she just gets in the car with me. So we're both in the car just getting just so drunk in the spirit, just like, oh, my gosh, just more, God, just more. So then we go in the house and we start praying over each other because, right, that's what good Christians do. After you get this hit with the Holy Ghost, you want everybody to have it. So we're just, like, praying over each other, literally, like, we're in the kitchen. Our kids probably think we're whacked. And I got hit with the Holy Spirit that night. And, the like, um, so I think charismatic people are kind of weird sometimes. And I, this is what happens. If I don't believe it, God has to show it to me. So I'm like the doubting Thomas times 10. So if something happens to somebody, but it's never happened to me, that's just you, not God. That's how I think. Um, I'm not judging. I'm just, I'm just, that's how I feel. So like, you know, there's like all these like holy waves of laughter. That's what they call it. And like all these people would get hit with like laughing. And I was just like, they're all weird. But they love Jesus. So I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I just, it doesn't, it's not ever going to happen to me. So we're praying this night in my kitchen or dining room, and I just start this, the, it was like the Lord was like telling me all these things about myself, and I couldn't help but to laugh. Like the joy of the Lord hit me, and it was almost like as fear broke off because I didn't know who I was, the, the Holy Spirit was just speaking so much life and so much joy. I couldn't help but laugh like out loud laugh in the presence of the Lord that had never happened to me before. Not very often since. Thank you, Jesus. We have this deal. We have this deal. I like to be, you know, composed. But we have a deal. The Lord and I have a deal. He also doesn't wake me up before like 730 to pray. That's what all of you guys are for. My mom. Lord, if you want to speak something at 3 o'clock in the morning, it is going to be to my mom, and she'll call me later. I read this book once, um, Face to Face with God by Bill Johnson. It's an awesome, awesome book. The book is so good. 
But he talks about how, like, every night for, like, a month, he would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he thought he needed, like, a banana. So he would eat a banana and go back to bed because of the potassium. Every mor- every single morning, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, a month straight. And it took him a month to say, like, okay, God, are you trying to speak to me? And I'm thinking in my head, like, it would be the first day. It would be like, God, if this is really you trying to talk to me, you better stop. Because I will not remember, and I need my sleep for sanity. But that's why he's Bill Johnson, and I'm not. So, but um, anyways. (laughs) So that experience literally changed my whole life. You guys have heard me talking about how I spent three years on my face just crying. That That experience was probably the culmination of it all. Because I was able to say, God, I trust you. You are so faithful. Even when I'm not. Even when I'm not. You're so faithful. You love even when I can't. You teach me how to trust. You teach me how to breathe. Sometimes we just don't breathe. Especially my sister's. You don't give yourself a chance to just breathe. The moments will pass us by if we don't take our time. See, sometimes um, we've been taught not to feel certain things. You can feel joy and you can feel peace. We're taught don't feel angry. Don't feel sad. Those are not fruits of the Spirit. Those are fruits of life, and God can bless them. Sometimes life just happens, and if you don't take time to breathe and let yourself feel something, you'll miss the moment of learning and growing. Just breathe sometimes. See, sometimes I can see the trust that God has for everybody else. Oh, you're so faithful, God, and I see how much you have for them. And I can even speak it out of my mouth. I have to speak it to myself. That's what's hard. See, I can see it for I can see it for every single person in my life. I can see the faithfulness of God. But I can't always see that faithfulness in me. I can't always take it personal. I think it's so weird sometimes we take things personal that we shouldn't and we don't take things personal that we should. Like we we just we do. It's we, we get offended or we take things personal that don't even belong to us. But then the things that we really, really need to take for ourselves, we give it away when we're not supposed to. God, you're faithful to me. You're not just faithful to my husband. You're not just faithful to my kids because they're children. You're not just faithful to my church because you love my people. But you're faithful to Rochelle. You really, really love her. You really, really want to see her destiny fulfilled. Can you say that about yourself? Like out loud in the mirror, God, you love that person. It's like the hardest thing to do. It really is, especially for you ladies. Look in the mirror. God loves that one that he sees. 
and he made you in his image, and you're beautiful and perfect. This, um, in closing, because, yay, I'm done. I, I haven't even read this book, but this statement, I wanted to share it. It says, the author of this book has identified a need that all of us have and that all of us can fill for each other. So a need that we all have and that we all can fill in one another. We can reflect the love and healing presence of Christ himself in our relationship with others. I was like, wow. We can reflect the love and healing presence of Christ himself in our relationship with others. It makes me think if we have that fear, if we have the wall of fear, it hinders us from relationships. That's the number one thing it hinders us from, is relationships. But if we're called to be the healing presence of Jesus himself to somebody, but because of fear, we're holding ourselves back. We're not just robbing ourselves, but we're robbing the world of what God has given us. And that's exactly what he saw in the parables of the talents. He saw their heart. He saw fear. That's why he only gave the guy one thing, because he saw fear in his heart. And he said, I'm not going to waste more than one bag on him because there's fear inside of him. And then because fear captivated him so much that he couldn't even do anything with what God had given him, God called him wicked and lazy, not because he wanted more, because he wanted him to do something. God is calling you to do something, and fear is holding you back. And you want more of what God has for you? You have to stop letting fear bind you and stop letting fear shackle you so he can give you more and trust you and trust your heart because you are meant to change the world and whatever that looks like to you your world might just be your family but you can't change your family if fear is holding you back let alone your community your city your your nation and the world If fear is holding you back, you can't even change your family. And that is the reason why that message of the talents is even in the scripture. Because some of it I'm just like, um, I don't think you meant that, God. Like, I know it's in your book and all, but um, you are kind of rude and not fair And then you call somebody wicked and lazy, and that's not very nice. But I see the heart behind it. He's calling us to just say, I will trust you, Jesus, with the little bit you gave me. And even with the little bit you gave me, I will give it back to you. I will impart it to you. I will pour myself into it with no fear and no hesitation and nothing holding me back. And that way you can bless me with what you really have for me. Amen. I'm good. I'm closing. You want to play? I don't know about you, but I think some of us can go years and years and years and years and years living in fear and not even see it. Being captivated being captive 
to just the idea that I've got to control my own destiny. I've got to control my own life. I have to just hold on because I don't know if I can trust anybody else with this little thing. And I can't definitely can't trust you, God. You know, I think there's this idea that, you know, like even my children, um, I am a very, uh, protective mama of my kids so like I don't you know like I don't like anybody else even reprimanding my children because I can do that myself I don't know what that is in me but I'm just like don't tell my kids what to do I almost take it personal but sometimes we we live our life like that like we don't give anybody else an opportunity to speak into the lives of the ones that we trust the most. We don't give anybody else an opportunity to just impart what they have. We hold so tight. God, this is mine. I'm not giving it away. And the Lord's like, once you let go, I'm just going to give you more. I think that principle goes every area of our life. I don't want to fear and hold back. If I give it away, God, you would do so much better. You know, once I realized, like, Rochelle, if you give your kids back to the Lord, he can do a better job. I was like, oh, that's right. Jesus, I'll just give back to you. We hold so tight on things. We don't allow people to just speak wisdom. We don't trust the Lord. We can't give those moments where it's like just my whole heart Jesus you have it and whatever it looks like I don't care if that means I'm laughing on the floor or crying like a baby I trust you if that means for a moment somebody might not see me dignified I trust you if that might mean me letting go of what I felt like I've worked for my whole life. I trust you. I trust you. Because I don't want fear to control. I don't want fear to manipulate or isolate me. I don't want fear to hold me back from my destiny. I don't want fear to hold me back from what you have for me. Because I want to trust you. I want to live by faith and love and goodness with fruit that remains. Can I just pray for you guys this morning? I'm going to have my prayer team just come up and just stand if anybody actually wants like some one-on-one prayer, but I just really want to pray for every person in this room. Father, I thank you what you've taught me about your nature. thank you that you always have the best for me. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think, what is the best that you can imagine tomorrow looks like? That's what he has for you. You have the best for me, Papa. You know my heart. Now trust me. 
Father, I pray every heart in this room, every life in this room, they would understand and know the goodness of who you are, God. They would trust you. They would remove fear from their life and their decisions and everything that they do. And they would learn to give up control. Give up control. And release it. We've been called to be the healing presence of God to the world. Fear won't allow you to do that. So I just pray release of fear, release of bondage, release of affliction, release of everything that's holding your people back, God, from not fully, fully yielding to the grace in their life. So I just declare it's a new day. It's a new season to walk uprightly, to walk just without a f- but without fear, without control, it's so freeing and so liberating. Just walk free. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.